welcome to another episode of I Just Be Talking. If you are visiting the cultural come together for the very first time, just be sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that this podcast is saved on whatever platform you are hearing me on. So we got a special episode for you guys today. We are in season two, season two, and we have our very first guest. We have the photographer, videographer, editor, director, writer, rapper, president of the Lil Wayne Fan Club, Teach. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if you don't know, he is also my boyfriend. So everybody, welcome, Teach. Thanks so much for coming today, babe, and being my very first guest. What's good? Happy to be here. So, um, when I was thinking about topics that I wanted to bring Teach, specifically Teach, on the podcast for, I knew immediately that I wanted to bring him on for the topic of freeing yourself of what other people think. Because if there is one thing that Teach does best, it is March to the beat of his own <laughs> drum. And so I find myself often just being like, you know what, never change, babe, because he is going to do teach no matter what. So um, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like freeing yourself from what other people think plays a huge part in not only you know, what you are able to accomplish in this world, but your quality of life, like your degree of happiness, I feel like hinges on how much you dwell on the thoughts of others. And we touched on something in a previous episode that made me want to talk about this, which was freeing yourself from the gaze of others, which we will dive in a little bit um, deeper into a little bit later in this podcast, because I want to give Tej perspective. But um, I wanted to specifically talk about this with Teach. So going in with Teach, um, how you feeling today, baby? I'm feeling good. <laughs> you feeling all right? You're looking a little stiff over there. <laughs> he didn't really know the topic, you know. I just found out the topic, so. <laughs> so all his answers are not rehearsed. Let's just go ahead and say that. Um, but on a scale of 1 to 10, how much would you say with 10 being the most care and one being like, I don't fuck with you. you yeah, <laughs> sure. So on a scale of 10 being, you know, Beyonce, I care. And one being, I don't fuck with you. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how much you say you care what other people think honestly? Being I, honest. honest. If I'm being honest, probably about a two. About a two. And that is so funny because... That is exactly what I gave him, y'all. In my mind, when I when I thought about what answer, like, he really does not care. Like, he is one of those people, I don't know if you guys follow us on social media or things like that, when people will just take certain things and run with it. We have had a number of videos and um, pictures and things go viral, and people have said, had things to say one way or the other in regards to something about me or about Tej, and where I will obsess about certain things and want to get people together in the comments, he just think it's funny. So I just, <laughs> um, I knew his answer was going to be a two, but I really, because we've known each other for a very long time. We've known each other since we were literally like sophomores in high school, so we're freshman in high school. And um, to me, he's always been this way. So I really just, I've never asked this, but has it always been this way? Or what do you feel like the catalyst is for why you're able to maneuver the way you are without thinking or caring about what other people think. Um, I found I realized at a young age that if you think too much about what other people think, 
Um, that could definitely lead to depression that I already at the, at the time had, or at least a little bit of. Um, so were you, when you were experiencing depression, how old would you say that you were? Um, young, probably around, I think it started around nine or 10. And when you were experiencing that depression, would you say that that was a direct correlation of caring about what somebody thought? Like, can you remember the exact catalyst for why you were experiencing depression? Because um, that's a big, that's a big topic here. Um, that, that's a layer question for me. Um, it started off with a lot of family issues, um, that I won't dig into too deep on that end, but just not being happy enough with how I looked at the time. Um, I was definitely overweight growing up. That is wild to yeah, me whenever he tells me that. <laughs> I was overweight. Um, I heard plenty of fat jokes growing up. Wow. And um, once you hear it enough, you know, you look at yourself different. You mm -hmm. know, everybody point out flaws in their body. That's, you begin to identify yourself as yes, one day. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, before the jokes, you know, and people calling you names, you really don't dislike yourself because you don't even know to dislike yourself. yeah you don't even right. know to dislike people yourself. teach you and that is a pausable moment right there people really teach you what to dislike about yourself like exactly. a lot of things that you dislike about yourself stem from somebody first pointing it out and you never would have knew it was a problem before exactly then. so um even to this day i try to watch my weight but i don't know i really can't tell you exactly when it kicked in but as an adult you really see um when people play something on you and it sticks that'll definitely leave a long-term effect on you and how you looking at yourself different so if you just live freely and not think about what anybody say it's so many like it just brings so much to your life like you live a happier life to me if you don't worry about what other people say because most of the time when people have something to say about you is negative People don't go out their way to say something positive about you which is really sad but it's so amazing to me that you were able to like, is this coming from, like, current, like, you know, 30-something-year-old wisdom? Or, like, were you able to really hone in on this at 10? Oh, no, no. I definitely okay. didn't hone in on it that young. But, you know, life experience to just tell you, man, what these people got to say really don't mean a whole lot to your existence. Like, you're not living to satisfy others. You're really just living for yourself. Very, very true. So, speaking of that, you know, living for yourself, because like I said, um, Tej is primarily in, you know, videography, photography, things like that. A lot of, which is, you know, primarily an entrepreneurial type of job. And so, a lot of what comes into being an entrepreneur is the customer is always right, right? So, it's yes, like people yes. pleasing and things like that. So, um, I, you know, watch firsthand behind the scenes how he goes through trying to find that balance between pleasing your client, staying true to yourself, having your worth and your value. Um, and, you know, a large degree of what you do in photography is caring about what people think their opinion of yes. your work and things like that. And then also being in the music industry, how do you balance between people pleasing in the way that it is? unhealthy or toxic so to speak the part that leads you into depression versus doing what you got to do to advance yourself in your career like what is the difference what is the balance and what are like your boundaries in that way because I feel like me as a content creator or an influencer or even you know doing this podcast I have to balance that as well you know being true to myself what I want to talk about and what is valuable and transparent to me but also wanting to please my audience let me make sure I answer that right. <laughs> um, no wrong answers here. 
um, answer it correctly, Marza. Like, how people do you found pleasing. your boundaries? Because people pleasing is, is generally considered like a toxic trait. Like, you don't want to be a people pleaser. So many people say, you know, I was a people pleaser so much my entire life, and I never really was considering my own needs. And versus doing what you gotta do Cre- to promote your brand. Creatively, people pleasing to leave you stuck in a box a lot of times. Mm. Um, you try to cater to what you think people like. And you can't progress creatively if you don't step outside that box. So I would definitely say don't try to people please um, in terms of what you're providing for everybody to see because you will fall in line with what's going on with everybody else. You can't, and that's then that's how you yeah you got to be unique. of standing yourself out. But at the same time, then how do you make sure that you pleasing the people if you ain't people pleasing? <laughs> you know the the quality of get that if it's even if it's not. At some point, somebody's going to come up with a great idea. You can people please and make a decent living, but you're not going to stand out. The people that stand out are the greats. Mm. And they not they didn't get it right every they time. They definitely the first not time. concerned with people Yeah, pleasing. you're not going to be as concerned with people pleasing if you're trying to be great. Um, every idea is not going to land. Mm. It's not going to hit. But, you know, I will always say, you know, try to be unique. Make your work look different. And um, people pleasing to pay the bills, but it's not going to make you great. I agree with that. And also, just to add to that, um, my personal way that I navigate through that is always being authentic to myself. Like, I don't mind giving the people what they want if it's something that is authentic to me. Like, there is, you know, two things can be true at one time. You can give the people what you want and it absolutely, you absolutely is what the people want. You just got to make sure that you're not changing yourself to be what the people want. The thing is, you got to find your tribe. You have to find your people. And so, even as I begin to navigate this new space and opening myself up to new surroundings, I have to realize like what I'm doing is not going to be quote unquote pleasing to everybody who is accustomed or used to a certain way of viewing me. However, I'm trying to find my tribe. So I'm not necessarily interested in pleasing everybody, but I am interested in pleasing the people who are for me. So, you know, kind of like what Tej was saying, you're not going to be great staying in a box and continuously you know following the trends and looking like what everybody else out here is looking like however if you find your niche find your creativity and you know find what makes you unique that is what is gonna end up pleasing the people to an extent of like he said making you great or making you stand out so um i agree i definitely agree with that but you know going back into we are human right and so you said that even going back at you know 19 years old knowing that it was caring about what you know what people thought that was leading you to a depression we know at 19 years old we're still trying to navigate and then moving into high school i know personally myself i was an angsty ass high school student (laughs) like i and he can say this or not, but he was too, like, Tej was angsty as hell, like, he had this whole, uh, he went through what I call a emo rapper phase, like, and <laughs> I don't know if he would qualify it as that, y'all, but he was angsty as hell, and so being an angsty teenager and, you know, trying to find yourself, we actually were, were just talking about this last night, and how your, your engagement and your interactions with people in high school and the things that you go through in high school follow you like how many 30 40 year old writers are in the writing room still writing stories and tales of high school 
chronicled like we are so obsessed with the high school storyline i feel like because high school truly truly are your formative years like college are your yo i feel like your freest funnest years of your life but high school begins to form who you are because i feel like we're always going back trying to either recreate moments or prove people wrong in moments of high school and things like that and even um, going as deeper into like your social media sphere and this gaze of others, right? Because when we talk about the gaze of others these days, it's social media, the social media gaze, who you're reaching in social media. And I know for myself for a very long time, um, I was very interested in a very curated version of myself for the gaze of others like proving people who said certain things about me in high school wrong or proving you know people who said good things about me in high school right or you know just constantly worrying about what this is saying about who I am and my reputation and you know how successful I am compared to my peers and you know I talk about often our move from Alabama to California, me and Teach moved together and we are from the same city of Birmingham and Alabama. So very interesting, we've had this conversation, how different we're able to move out in California separated from that gaze of those who we are familiar with. So I, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how much do you feel like as a, 30 year old the gaze of your peers plays a part in your decision making process now versus what it did let's just say 10 years ago and does living in california make a difference because i, I have my own viewpoint on that but how do you feel um definitely as a teenager you would follow little trends about you know clothing um you want to be the kid you know Remember when Jabos came out, everybody had Right, Jabos but I mean, Jabos. like, deeper than that. Oh, like, deeper than that? Deep, like, the, the actual gaze, like, whether, like, who, and um, maybe this is a, a, a gender thing, like, even certain things like who you date or what kind of job you had, what kind of car you drive, what how much money you make. I mean, stuff like that didn't necessarily make a huge difference in high school, but it started to make a difference in college, and once we got out of college, like, how much of the actual gaze, like, you know how, you know how people say, uh, social media is your highlight reel and you people putting on for the gaze of others and I'm not really a big uh, heavy interactor on Facebook these days I guess for that reason because I'm not necessarily interested in the gaze of others or keeping up with the gaze but as somebody who does still kind of go heavily to those social media mm. apps with with those uh, peer groups how much would you say the gaze of others played first and foremost into who you were pre-California is what I'll say. The gaze of others pre-California, um, you definitely, a lot of people glory years were from high school. Mm -hmm. um, so you definitely don't want to appear to be falling off. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> a lot of people, yes. you know, after high school, you either fall off terribly or, you know, But you isn't that interesting <clears throat> how even you said that you don't want to, you either fall off terribly. What is the definition of a fall off? <laughs> like, let's really dig, dig into that because are we contributing to the gaze? Like, are we gazing at people and saying they fell off? Like, because I know I personally, like if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, which is what this podcast is for, honey, I didn't look at somebody and be like, Ooh, they fell off. And it's like, damn, I'm kind of harsh. Cause you know, what, what is, what, what would you consider falling off? 
Um, you can, in high school, you ain't even really started yet. Yeah, in high school, you ain't really even started your life for real. But, you know, um, perception is everything. You know, you see somebody have multiple kids and they just put all their business out oh, there. Oh, he's shooting shots, <laughs> In a negative light. Or, you know, even, you know, guys just posting. When I say kids, that can mean guys, too. Right. Obviously, you know, paying child support. You know, people complain about child support on Facebook. Yeah, but that's a major topic. People definitely try to live up on social media to their glory days in high school. Mm. And like I said, you either going to fall off drastically or you're going to, you know, show your growth. Um, a lot of people just don't stay the same. So when you say fall off, let's say like it's, it's what you mean, like it's what somebody's stunting in high school with a lot of money and then they fell off because maybe they're not spending their parents money no more. Maybe they're spending their money. Or do you mean like physically, like somebody was real oh, cute in high school and then... <laughs> definitely physically. Um, everybody know that person that was just pretty much good looking or, you know, gorgeous or whatever. And they just clearly don't look the same. Look like life hit them hard. <laughs> but yeah, you know, some people, you know, hey, tighten it up and realize, you know, life's short, and they do a lot of positive to their body, and they work towards their goals. And you be like, damn, they really grew as a person, you know, physically and mentally. But as far as me, like I said, my perception from my peers, I can't put a whole lot of thought into it because pre-California. Pre-California, I would even say that was the case because if I really thought too deep in what other people thought, I would not be where I am right now. Right. I would have never even been a photographer or a filmer. So I definitely didn't think much then, and I try not to think so much now. Because mm. I will say, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tej, even just physically, um, I always refer back to this because Tej just really doesn't care. Like, he's not one of those people who... Uh, whether or not it's how he dresses or the modification that he does to his body. Like, Tej is a black man with gauges, and that is also something that we encountered uh, quite a bit, which is, which was so strange to me when, we, when I first started posting us together on social media because uh, right now I do have, I guess, the larger of the two of a social media presence. And, you know, people who were, were familiar with me would make comments on Tija's gauges as if it was just something so strange that they had never seen. And I get it. It's like you don't see black men often with one-inch gauges in their ear. However, it's like there are so many other things in this world that you could be worried about versus, you know, the size of earrings somebody puts in their ear, essentially, you know. So, pre-California, which, if I'm being super transparent with myself now, I feel like th that could have played a large role in why it was so important for me to get out. Because um, while I know, and I had known for a long time, even back in the day, that Alabama was not somewhere that I wanted to live forever. I've always lived by the mantra where you're from should be where you're from, meaning you have to leave somewhere to be where you're from. Nowadays, it's not so much as taboo, but when I first started to become an influencer and upload to YouTube and um, really kind of try to promote myself, it really wasn't as a popular of a thing. And when I tell you that was a very defining, mentally strengthening time in my life, because I can't tell you how many people who didn't understand that, uh, 
content creation, influencing, YouTubing, you know, all that under that umbrella could be something very lucrative. I can tell you the number of people who, you know, kind of looked at me like I was crazy or downplayed or called it my little YouTube or my little content or, you know, stuff like that. And you have to be mentally strong not to let that you know, deter you from doing it. Before that, you know, caring about what people think played a role all the way up to and including the college that I chose to go to, the initial major that I chose to um, commit to, which led me to being in college for more years than the, you know, allotted four years, you know, caring about what people thought that slowed down my college process and just all these other things versus when I made the decision and, you know, kind of jumping back and forth between time frames, when I finally made the decision to move to California, it was not a secret, but it wasn't something that I shared with everyone. And if you guys watch that video over on my YouTube channel, I talked about this and I don't know how many people did you share it with when you... I might have told three or four people. Same. Like, literally. I don't know if we had a. And two of those people was my parents. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, I feel like I was the exact same way. I feel like up until maybe the two weeks before moving, maybe the week before moving, the only people who knew I was moving was my daddy and my brother because I had, at by that point, really understood how much of a role people's gaze and their opinions and how much you can internalize what people say whether or not you want to or not i was very cognizant of that and very protective of you know my mental because i felt like being positive was the the step one in doing that crazy mess that we did which was move across the country with nowhere to live and two dogs <laughs> like if if we if we didn't even believe in ourselves, we was doomed from the start because you know if we if we didn't believe it, it wasn't happening because you know that'll be a, a topic for another day on truly how much of a mental um, challenge that was for both of us. Both yes you know. yes definitely <laughs> definitely the most mentally challenging part of my life. Definitely those six months or so when we first came out here and we're trying to find you know, literally a place to live. We were bouncing between Airbnbs and hotels and motels and holiday inns. We got the hotel, motel, holiday. No, we wasn't in no holiday inn, but <laughs> we At went. that time, it would have been nice. <laughs> exactly. A holiday inn would have been nice. A holiday inn would have been a freaking <laughs> delicacy for, for us. That would have been a treat for us for at yeah. that time. <laughs> yes. And so, but what was so crazy was, and I, I really truly feel like this, is that the reason that we was able to keep going in part was because we were not operating under the gaze of others. And do you agree? Like, I feel like one of the reasons that it was so easy to keep, like, struggling, like, I was going to say for lack of better words, but that's the best word. We were struggling. Like, one of the ways that it was easy for us to push through that struggle time was because we weren't worried about, oh, people seeing us struggle. Like, I mean, truth be told, all people knew was that we moved to L.A. and we was moving on up, goddamn. That is very true. And so I feel like had it had the situation been a little bit different, like I feel like it's harder um, to struggle when you're under the gaze of those who you are trying not to look like you, quote unquote, fell off to. I didn't think about it that deep. But I will say, um, if I moved back, 
mentally it would play it would be a negative impact on me because very rarely do I do this but I would have thought about other people saying oh damn he moved out there six months and had to move his and black ass <laughs> right back to Birmingham like yes. I don't think about what other people say a lot but, but that, that did and I think um and that that's that's very interesting to say because that is one of the times where the gaze of others actually helps you and motivates you where people because I hate that saying oh I hate the saying my haters is my motivators. Oh, I hate when people say that because I'm not thinking a hater for a damn thing. I'm not thinking a hater. I'm not acknowledging a hater. But when people say that, in this instance, I feel like the gaze of others, right? Because we're not talking about the gaze of people who welcome you back with open arms. It's the gaze of motherfuckers who is going to be talking about he had to move his black ass exactly. back to California. That's going to make you hustle and grind a little bit harder. And one thing I can say about my man is that when we came to California, he was hustling he has built a network it is amazing to me sometimes like how he has hit the ground running and hustle into like a legit name for himself like i mean you know i'm i don't want to like <laughs> brag but you know like i am super proud of him and all that came from i feel like if we looking super deep into it part of that is probably stemming from the not wanting to deal with the gaze of people from your hometown being like you failed yeah definitely not one of the like a failure um definitely played a role in it yeah so would you say how if, if we go in there we're gonna end it with this like um what would be your advice so to speak for people who are navigating how much to use the gaze of others like what would be your advice in that because now we're seeing that there's some you know there's some good to it i suppose it's definitely some pros and cons i would definitely say don't read too deep in it and don't replay what people say mm. in your mind over and over again mm. um you have to live your truth and i know that's just something that everybody say but really whatever you want to try the worst that can happen is you you know fail and try something else especially if you're a creative um every time i try an idea it's not a great idea but sometimes when it hit it just hit like I said earlier, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I thought about what other people thought so much because I would have gave up. Um, you're talking about a guy who used to rap and I just randomly started taking pictures for other people. Um, the mental part of that in itself, people looking at you like you're not supposed to do it. People looking at you like you're not supposed to be a photographer. That would have stopped me from doing it in the first place. So try everything you want to try, regardless of what you look like, and just go for it. I agree. Um, just to add to that, I would say that regardless, regardless, you are going to be under the gaze of others. And I think that should be the takeaway there. Um, it's just whether or not you care. Because from the beginning to the end, especially in this world that we're living in, whether or not you, you know, depending on whether or not you are on social media, some people just flat out refuse to deal with social media. And I understand why. And I have certain boundaries that I go through with that but if you are going to put yourself out there in any way shape or form in order to create a different level you are always going to be under the gaze of others it's just up to you to decide whether or not you care and whether or not it's gonna stop you so do what you're gonna do 
and don't worry about what nobody has to say about it so um that's it for this podcast that's it for this episode guys thanks so much to my baby for joining in <laughs> you want to say anything to the people before we peace out this thing thank y'all for having me oh it's great to be here yeah just keep tuning in support <laughs> I appreciate it. You heard, the, <laughs> you heard the man. India Royal Cosmetics supporting my bitch. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this, it would mean the world to me if you guys hopped on any other social media platforms. Share this episode, share this podcast, and tune in for the next one.